to our space about the atom economic zone and uh, interchange security and DeFi and everything related to that. Um, I think we're going to wait a couple more minutes while our guests arrive and while more audience members uh, fill into this Twitter space. Uh, hey, Vishal, how's it going? Uh, let's do a little mic check here. Do you hear me well? I can hear you great, John. Can you hear me? Yep. Um, clear and loud and all good. Amazing. Uh, yeah. How's everyone in the audience doing? Can you all hear us? Yep. Maybe uh, we could get some thumbs up from you audience members if you can hear us loud and clear. I know there is a bit of a delay, 10 seconds or so, but uh, nice. oh, there's a heart. Uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, Effort Capital. So, yeah. Unrelated to Effort Capital, your Twitter has really been popping off these last few weeks. I'm loving their content. Uh, so, everybody, we're currently waiting for um, speakers from um, Umi and from. Um, Oh, shoot. What's the other one? Just blanking on it. Umi and uh, oh, Duality, of course. Uh, we're going to be talking with um, Vishal, one of the co-founders of Stride. We're going to be talking with Umi and Duality. Um, in the meantime, though, um, the Effort Capital, if you want to come up onto the stage, you can chat with us a little bit, um, maybe share some thoughts about Adam or anything else. We're just kind of waiting for our other guests to show up here. Oh, I see Riley's here. That's nice. I see um, Effort Capitals requested to come up to the stage. What's good? Yeah, uh, I can hear you. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. So are you looking forward to this conversation about um, the Atom Economic Zone? Uh, the thing that I'm most looking forward to here is uh, talking to Umi, because uh, we might be able to pry a little bit of alpha out of them. Well, some, some new updates. We'll see. Um, are you looking forward to it? Oh, yeah. I'm always looking forward to conversations around Cosmos DeFi, specifically around Adam. So I'm hyped for it. Yeah, should be good. Oh, here's Brandon just now. Um, I'll invite him up onto the stage. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, Brandon, how's it going? Hey, guys. Sorry, I'm a little late. I'm at OsmoCon, so just trying to find a quiet place to stay while these guys are beating each other up in the boxing ring. Oh, excellent. OsmoCon. Uh, did you have a seat ringside there? Maybe you got some feathers in your hair. I wish, I wish. Uh, I had to leave uh, to, you know, get on this, but yeah, it's a really exciting conference. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, it looks like uh, it's about uh, 11.05. Um, we have yet to have our um, guest from, from Duality, but I think we'll get started here anyway, um, being conscious of everybody's time. So let, let's get going. Uh, so welcome to the space here, everybody. And uh, what we're going to be doing for the next hour is we're going to be discussing uh, the Atom Economic Zone, Interchain Security, and DeFi therein. So we're going to talk about, uh, specifically, we're going to be talking with Vishal from Stride. We're going to be talking with Brandon from Umi and Elijah from uh, Duality. Uh, hopefully, we'll be seeing him in a few minutes. And uh, we're going to talk about how 
Oh, here he is. So we're, we're going to be talking about how the Atom Economic Zone is kind of coming to life and how DeFi in the cosmos might sort of be reshuffled a little bit as this new um, alliance of chains, the Atom Economic Zone, comes to life. Uh, so the, the format here, we're going to have three sections. Uh, first, we're going to talk to each of the um, to guests from each of the from the each of the app chains here, uh, we're going to talk with um, Stride, Umi, and Duality separately, and kind of ask them a few questions about um, what they're doing um, with their own chain regarding ICS and uh, the Atom Economic Zone. Then we're going to move to section two, which will be more of a broader com conversation about how these chains can work together. There's definitely a lot of synergies and overlaps where DeFi can happen between these three chains, and in fact, other chains in the AEZ. And then finally, at the end. Uh, if you have any questions, that'll be the time to ask because section three will be uh, an AMA, essentially. So anybody can come up on stage. So uh, if you have a question during our conversation, just be sure to remember that question. And at the end, we'll invite you up on the stage and you can ask whatever you want. Um, so let me uh, just add Elijah and then we can get started talking about Stride. All right, so uh, here in section one, um, this was a very big week for Stride because this was the week that Stride um, transitioned to interchain security. Stride is no longer secured by the STRD token. Stride is now economically secured by the Atom token. And um, that one other thing here in section one, um, Brandon and Elijah, and I guess even you, uh, Effort Capital, since you happen to be on the stage, uh, you can chime in and chat with Vishal. It doesn't just need to be between um, him and me. Uh, this can be a dialogue between all of us, but we'll, we'll kind of focus on Stride, then on Duality, and then Umi. Uh, so I guess uh, take it away, Vishal. What are some of your thoughts and takeaways about the transition to interchange security? Um, how did it go on Wednesday? Um, did it go without a hitch, or were there any learning experiences? And um, just broadly speaking, how does this change the Stride blockchain? Yeah, good. All, all great questions, John. And yeah, really appreciate you teaming this up. Yeah, I think overall it went uh, about as well as we could have been, uh, could have hoped for. Um, and you know, in, uh, we there was a lot of work that happened behind the scenes before this to make sure it went smoothly. So maybe just to quickly throw some thanks out. Huge thank you to the formal team and Hypha team who did so much testing and coordination over the last nine months. Um, truly, both incredible teams have done so much work to make sure that everything would go smoothly and uh, so many code audits that they did as well and. Uh, just probably hundreds, if not thousands of hours uh, to make this happen. So hats off to both those teams, as well as the Strange Love team, who did so much as well to make sure uh, everything had happened seamlessly and relinking the two chains. So there's a ton of work, as well as engineers on Stride and Aiden, one other Stride co-founders, also did a ton of work to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Um, so maybe just to, to uh, give a few examples, we did two test nets and also a huge shout out to all the Stride and Hub validators as well for participating in so many rounds of testing and looking at the code and verifying everything go go well. We did two pretty large test nets with Hub validators where we got a good uh, a good number of the Hub validators participate where we basically did dry runs of switching from the Stride sovereign zone to in a consumer zone. We learned a little bit from both those tests. Um, some small things that kind of changed. Um, and then in the actual day of on Wednesday, I think everything kind of went about, you know, uh, how we would have expected given all the testing. Uh, I think a few small learnings that we had that could definitely be improved for 
future transitions for ICSOs. One is just in validator communications. Um, you know, given this was such a large change, there was a lot of kind of very uh, bespoke instructions that Stride validators and Hub validators had to follow that differ from normal software updates. And uh, I think, you know, we try to make sure that all the data was out from before, but there's all these sort of small details that we overlooked or um, could have brought in more clarity on. And uh, really hats off to Hub and Stride validators for one, writing up their own guides and putting up this info and pushing up to GitHub um, and also kind of socially sharing this information. But we'll also put a, a little um, debrief about this after the fact. But I think um, we, we're working on, I think, making a more standardized and better template for validators so they know exactly what to expect, what actions they have to take day of. Um, so I think that that will make things a little bit smoother going forward. But overall, we uh, I think from the time the upgrade was planned to when the upgrade happened was around 90 minutes all in for Stride to be fully transitioned off of its, its validator set and onto the Cosmos Hub validator set and for blocks to start turning. And so 90 minutes, I think overall was um, you know, much, much better than, uh, than, than we expected. Um, so overall, I think, I think it went relatively smoothly. In terms of uh, uh, anything else that, that kind of um, could, could have been done a, a little bit uh, more efficiently on our end, there was um, this, uh, a few small technical things that I think uh, threw us for a little bit of a loop. There were, for example, some things on uh, there are packets that we need to relay between Stride and the Hub. And those packets took a little bit of time to clear. It took us like an hour. Uh, and then Strangelove, as well as Informal and Hypha, also helped out in clearing these. So there are these small things, but I think overall went went quite smoothly. Um, and then after the fact, what we've seen over the last two days is that we've had no interruptions in block production. We see really high uptime on validators. Pretty much all the validators are validating both chains now. Um, we've just noticed that all liquid staking functionality on Stride has been uninterrupted. Users can liquid stake, they can redeem, um, balances are updating properly. So I think, you know, after the fact, we've seen pretty much uh, um, every test that we, we thought of uh, as, as passed with flying colors. So um, I, I think it's gone um, pretty well. In terms of how it's kind of changed Stride over the last few days, um, I think it's been pretty interesting in particular to see the reaction and the feedback from the community on uh, how the migration has gone, how they kind of perceive it. I think two kind of big things come to mind. One, uh, notably, this is, I think, a really uh, large tech endeavor from the Cosmos Hub, and it's gone pretty well. And I think it really will help further um, a lot of narratives for the Hub, both in terms of how the Hub can um, kind of attract value in Cosmos and capture a lot of that value for Adam, but also uh, a narrative that the hub is, you know, really innovative and it's not just this kind of static chain that's kind of uh, stuck in the past. Rather, the hub can embrace all sorts of new technologies and kind of expand its feature set and expand what value can bring to the cosmos um, through really great dev activity in the future. Um, so I think that that's been one really great uh, kind of thing I've noticed from the community. And people have been picking up on this and talking about this on Twitter and Discord and whatnot. And then the, the second, I think, really big uh, change that I've seen uh, is 
the hub and stride, I think are much more aligned now. And now it really is, it, it used to be true, but now I think it's um, really deeply true that the hub succeeds when stride succeeds and stride succeeds when the hub succeeds. So the incentives were just so aligned. And we're seeing this all over where people are t- talking about different ways in which strides ICS revenue could be used in the hub, how the hub could deploy this to boost DeFi activity all throughout the cosmos. And you know, we're just in the start of all, a lot of these talks. Um, for example, things like POL or sending funds to the community pool or using the funds to fund developer grants. Uh, but I think there's the total uh, design space is so large and there's so many great minds, uh, a lot of them in the server space who are kind of thinking through this, that I think we're going to see you know, this kind of new age of uh, DeFi activity in, in Cosmos. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was a fantastic answer. Um, very comprehensive. Um, thanks for sharing all those details, those technical details. and. Um, kind of giving us a review of what happened a few days ago uh, when Stride transitioned. And um, yeah, uh, definitely we're now in a new chapter of the Cosmos Hub. Um, the Atom, Econoc- Atom Economic Zone is coming to life. And like you were saying, there are new uh, possibilities for DeFi. And one of those things within the Atom Economic Zone is protocol-owned liquidity. So Stride didn't just adopt interchain security. Part of the adoption of interchain security was also joining the AEZ. And Stride put up a proposal uh, to get some protocol-owned liquidity from the Cosmos Hub. And that's the first uh, POL proposal that has ever been passed by the Cosmos Hub. And I think it signals the beginning. It's it's definitely a watershed moment for the Cosmos Hub. Um, Can you talk about that? Um, How much liquidity was it? How is that going? How is that going to benefit Stride, the AEZ, and ultimately Adam? Yeah, yeah, really great question, John. I think this is the start of what what I hope will be a really uh, amazing journey. So yeah, you're totally right. This was the first POL uh, proposal on the hub in the past, you know, with really uh, uh, a high amount of kind of excitement on both sides. And so it was 450,000 Atom um, that the Cosmos Hub community pool is going to deploy on Neutron to LP the Satom Atom pool. And just to clarify, this isn't uh, a donation by the hub or kind of payment or or anything of that sort. It's liquidity that's fully owned by the Cosmos Hub community. Um, but just being deployed on Neutron to help foster, uh, you know, more economic activity and more De- DeFi on 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 the chain and the AZ overall. So we're in the middle right now of uh, the uh, kind of multi-stake liquid taking these funds, adding it to Neutron. We're in the kind of tail end of this, and we expect this to be wrapped up in the next few weeks. But we're roughly halfway through, kind of. The necessary um, transactions here. And basically, we want to make sure this happens smoothly, happens safely. And so we're, we're doing this in a staggered way, doing a little bit every day to make sure it occurs in a way that's um, not, you know, as, uh, as safe as possible. But uh, so, so far, it looks like everything is on track. And in a few weeks, this liquidity will be fully ready to be deployed on Neutron. In terms of how um, this might help DeFi activity, so one of the, you know, uh, ST Atom, the, the kind of core uh, LSP that Stride supports, uh, allows people to tokenize their their uh, their Atom or their their staked Atom and deploy that all throughout DeFi. So they can go collateralize loans against it. So they can go um, deposit into AMM. So they can go uh, borrow against it. You know, mint uh, mint a stablecoin. Uh, you know, so many types of activities. But uh, a lot of the value of ST Atom comes from users being able to be confident they can convert that ST Atom back to Atom. And one way users can do this is through Stride. Stride will always redeem ST Atom with Atom, but it will have to go through the standard unbonding period of 21 days. But on a DEX, if you have 
ST Atom Atom paired against each other, users can go to there and immediately swap out their ST Atom for Atom, giving them really an instant way to convert their staked assets to uh, the, the base Atom asset. And when we see this uh, this liquidity pool deployed Neutron, which will be you know four and a half five million dollars uh, when, when it's deployed, it'll give users confidence that there's really deep liquidity for them to convert between ST Atom and Atom instantly. And our hope is that this will allow a lot more DeFi to kind of flourish in AEZ. So maybe some quick examples of this. Let's say, you know, Mars deploys uh, its lending protocol on the Cosmos Hub or UMI deploys uh, or, or on Neutron or UMI, you know, uh, migrates over to the AEZ. Then people can be able to be confident they can um, liquidate any sort of uh, collateral purely within AEZ and be confident liquidity is not going to go anywhere. It's going to be there for the long haul. Another example, if we see kind of a, 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 a LST-backed stablecoin deploying on Neutron, they can also be confident that that product can liquidate those tokens if need be. And not saying those liquidations is kind of the expected path, but having that safety and having that guarantee that this can occur fully on chain and we can confidently liquidity to live there for a long time, I think will allow people to build more and more complicated DeFi products, um, knowing that there's this kind of backing from uh, the Cosmos Hub um, kind of living right there on chain. Yeah, definitely a fantastic answer. And yeah, to put a little bit of a finer point on that, like you were saying, this liquidity is pretty much guaranteed um, unless the Cosmos Hub wants to remove it, but hopefully they're not going to do that. So unlike liquidity that's being incentivized or liquidity that's owned by individual users or market makers or whatever, um, this liquidity is not going anywhere. There's no possibility of it being pulled in a crisis. Um, so it really is going to be there in the Atom economic zone to serve as a backstop for more sophisticated DeFi activity that can um, take place with ST Atom. Um, yeah, so this is a lot of very interesting stuff, but I want to bring in some of the other guests here. Um, I think we'll move on to uh, Elijah from uh, Elijah. I think you're, um, I believe you're one of the founders of Duality. Um, could you briefly introduce yourself, I suppose, for people who may not be familiar with you? Uh, and then we can talk a bit about Duality. Hey, I'm, I'm Elijah. Uh, I'm a big market design nerd, auction nerd. Um, and uh, I work on Duality, uh, wearing whatever hat I need to. Oh, okay. Awesome. So man of many hats. Um, all right. So Elijah, we were, we were, oh, uh, sorry. Could you uh, mute yourself while I'm uh, speaking? All right. So uh, Duality put up a proposal to the Cosmos Hub uh, several weeks ago, maybe even more than a month ago at this point, um, a, a proposal for Duality to launch and to join um, Interchange Security from the beginning, kind of like Neutron and also to join the Atom Economic Zone. So that proposal went up on the forum. However, we haven't yet seen an on-chain proposal, and uh, there were lots of tantalizing details uh, in that forum proposal. So we're all very excited and curious. Uh, I guess the biggest burning question we all have for you, I'll ask you right now, uh, when is this proposal going to appear on-chain? Yeah, we're actually ready to put it on-chain today. Um, we, 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 we postponed it by a week. Um, just because we have some exciting partnerships that were contingent on on moderating, uh, modifying the binary a little bit, um, but uh, but yeah, don't don't want to say too much about those. Um, but we're you know we're we're excited to announce those when when they do come up. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, regarding like any of the extra details, we're going to be making a separate proposal with the details of our um, community spend proposal. So the idea of like protocol and liquidity on duality. 
Uh, we have a lot of exciting ideas on how to best use that uh, and how to allocate that across the pools to maximize uh, you know, the returns to the AEZ. Um, and so, yeah, very, very exciting time. Um, you know, we've, we've really just spent the last month going around and talking to validators, talking to, to, you know, big stakeholders of the ecosystem and, and hearing what every, you know, what the, the feedback of everyone and, and, and modifying the proposal and approach, you know, uh, to, to sort of accommodate everyone's viewpoints. Wow. That's some exciting news. So is it actually going up today or did you just say it's ready to go up today? Yeah, we're, we're ready to go up today. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as of right now, it's coming up today. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to like, like, uh, like say something and, and, you know, have that be wrong, but yeah, it's, it's ready to go up today. Uh, as long as nothing changes in the next two hours, it'll go up today. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's super exciting. Yeah. I'm not trying to lock you in here or make you commit, but sounds like, uh, the duality ICS proposal will be going on chain today or maybe tomorrow. We'll see, but definitely it's imminent. So that's really exciting. And, um, but maybe let's pull back a little bit here. Um, what is duality generally? Because so let's let's take a look at the Atom Economic Zone. We've got Neutron, a smart contract platform. We've got Stride, a liquid staking provider, and we've got Duality, which is a DEX. Um, but what's special about Duality as a DEX app chain? Yeah. So I mean, you know, we we you know we we Nicholas and I, uh, Nicholas, you know, being the other co-founder on the project, and and you know some of our you know early founding team members as well, like uh, Teddy, who I see in the audience. Uh, you know, we set out with you know this goal um, of addressing a lot of the key problems that we saw um, in on-chain market design. Uh, you know, a lot of them surrounded MEV. Some of them surrounded uh, you know the complexities um, around like building and integrating with existing systems, you know, for example, like if you've ever looked at like the math behind Uniswap V3, right. It's, it's not simple. Like you, know, you, you need to really sit on it for a long time. You need to think about it. You need to have context. And that makes it really, really difficult for people to integrate with. And, you know, the way those you know smart contracts are designed as well. Um, you know, the, the other side, um, you know, it was also that the interface, you know, was not what traders were familiar with, right? So, uh, you know, we have these sort of like catch-all order types uh, that were defined, right? These things called swaps, right? Which are some combination of a market order and a limit order and look some weird in the middle kind of thing in between. Um, and, you know, we took a step back and, you know, you know, we were originally building on Ethereum and we said, okay, you know, Let's let's sort of design a system that, that you know fixes a lot of these problems and addresses a lot of these problems. And we quickly ran into this question that there are things that you simply can't do in a smart contract alone. Uh, that building like a fully app uh, specific stack allows you to do. Uh, you know, there's this like quote from um, there's, there's this quote we really like, which is uh, um, you know people who are serious software engineers build their own hardware. And you know we've come to believe that people who are serious DeFi builders. Uh, builders of decentralized finance uh, build their own chains uh, or build their own domains, um, and you know th that's because you really need full stack control. You really need to be able to modify the sequencing rules, how inclusion works, um, how you know what the, how the fee markets are you know are working, um, and you know it's very very difficult to do that unless you're you know you're you're actually able to modify consensus and have tools like ABCI plus plus. And so uh, you know that, that's that's what drew us into Cosmos, and so what differentiates us. Um, is a few things. So, you know, I'll, I'll sort of like, you know, I gave three points earlier, which is like, you know, being dead simple, um, you know, protecting against MEV slash, you know, using, you know, reusing MEV to, to have sustainable incentive models. Uh, and then the third, 
um, was, you know, providing traders a more professional and better interface. And so like, you know, just to go down the line, uh, you know, regarding MEV, um, the reason why like atomic arbitrage exists on a DEX uh, is because the trades that, you know, people are making are not optimal, right? So the only way that an arbitrage exists is if I'm not getting the proper execution price that I should be getting, or maybe not proper, but I'm not getting the best possible execution price on the DEX. Uh, so instead of like recapturing that arbitrage, uh, instead, we prevent it from happening in the first place. So we have this thing called dynamic routing, which a user can specify or a front end can specify multiple routes. Um, there, you know, all of those routes are submitted on chain, and then the best route at the time of execution is actually chosen. So what this allows you to do is, if someone tries to front run you, or if an arbitrage opportunity is you know, created, as long as you specify like you know a number of routes, um, you know the best route will be found for you, uh, versus you know getting locked into a single route. Uh, and you know you can imagine that like the current workflow is you know when you when you when you make a transaction uh, on a front end, uh, it submits a route into the mempool, and that route there's a single route that submits the mempool, and that route is almost like a, a war cry for like searchers and MEV bots and all these different people because it's broadcasting exactly the route that you're taking. It's telling everyone exactly how you're going to trade. Um, so like flipping that on its head and making it dynamic at the time of execution, um, if someone tries to front run you. Then that route is no longer the best one, and you'll just take the you know the next best one or one that's better, and so you'll actually like dodge these front uh, these uh, these uh, front ones. Um, another example is you know regarding order types. So the big problem of you know why market makers haven't entered um, you know crypto, or one of the big problems is this question of you know what, what's sometimes called adverse selection. So you know adverse is bad, selection is like choice. You know so you know in, in essence this means like bad choices, right? Uh, market makers uh, you know because of the latency. In in in, uh, in market making on a blockchain, uh, and because of the costs of rebalancing positions, and also because of uh, the um, uncertainty of you know if you submit a transaction, you can't guarantee you know it'll get in in the next block. You know maybe it gets in in two blocks from now or three blocks from now or whatever. Um, market makers uh, take on uh, um, overwhelming risk when they're when they're providing liquidity to DeFi. Uh, uh, protocols. And this is called adverse selection. It's this idea that because a market maker can't constantly rebalance their position in the ways that they want to because of how a blockchain works, um, you know, they're, they're subject to losing money. Um, and so you know, on, on sort of this building out a professional trading experience for both market makers and traders, one thing that you know, allows us to, to fix this uh, is actually defining these order types called uh, good until or, or just-in-time orders, which allows a market maker, uh, anyone, uh, to specify a cancel date uh, ahead of time for their order, um, and so you know, you know, normally you know you would have to submit an order and then you know wait a you know you know try to submit you know a withdrawal order right after that and time it perfectly such that like you know if your order's you know in on the blockchain for too long you know someone else can snipe it but you know with these you know pre-planned uh, good until orders uh, you know it can be rescinded automatically. Um, and so this allows market makers to you know, have a more professional experience to avoid the risks of market making on an AMM. Um, and uh, yeah, so then, you know, I, I think the third point to, to sort of, so we talked about order types, we talked about MEV. You know, the third point um, is um, regarding like, how, how do we like simplify the experience of AMMs, right? So right now, you know, if you want a stable swap pool, or you want like a you know a balancer type weighted pool, or you want some like weird thing in between like primitive, uh, you know primitive finance or an RMM or you know whatever you want, right? You you need someone to design a completely new AMM for you, 
to, to give you that payoff as an LP, right? To give you that, 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 you know, liquidity position, right? So right now to, 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 to like, you know, use an AMM that does not already exist, you need like a team of mathematicians and a team of engineers and, you know, a, a bunch of other players, you know, to sort of come together and build a product that, that'll give you that liquidity position. Um, and you know that that's that's not sustainable in the long run, right? This this obviously has problems with liquidity fragmentation. Um, you know, this has problems with you know how how much gas you know people will have to pay. Um, you know, the, you know has labor costs associated with it, right? It's it's expensive to build new smart contracts and have great engineers and have mathematicians and you know have financial experts. Um, and so the way that duality is actually built is for users who don't want to, you know, use it in sort of like this more uh, tradfi-like experience with these more professional order types. Um, we we've built the AMM in such a way that whatever position you want, whether that be like a Uniswap V2 position or a Uniswap V3 position or a balancer weighted pool or a stable swap, uh, we can actually approximate that. We can replicate that using duality pools. Um, and so it's sort of a one-stop shop, right? So if you want to, you know, have like a 75, 25, um, you know, like weighted, you know, you know, ratio for your pool, maybe that's like, you know, John, I saw you, uh, I saw you um, uh, talking about this uh, uh, in the context of like treasury management. Uh, you know, if you want a 75, 25 pool, you know, you can get that right out of the box, right? Um, if you want to modify that 75, 25, uh, you know, sort of ratio dynamically, you know, you can change it to 50, 50, you can change it to 60, 40, and you can actually do this dynamically without having to initiate or instantiate any new pools, uh, or, or redesign any new AMM curves or, you know, bootstrap a team of engineers and financial engineers and mathematicians to like actually figure out how to do this efficiently. All you need to do is just use like a, a you know, a compilation tool, uh, and, and the duality backend will handle everything else for you. Um, so Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's definitely a lot. Um, very exciting. So, like MEV, different orders, and simplicity. Um, sounds like Duality is going to be offering a lot. And um, yeah, this is pretty amazing. Would it be correct to say, just to simplify it, like Duality is a Swiss Army knife for a Dex? It's got everything you need. I love that. I think I think that's a, a great way to put it. And and yeah, <laughs> I love that. All right. So yeah, Duality is going to be launching. And apparently, as we learned a few minutes ago, the prop could go up as early as today or maybe tomorrow, the ICS prop for Duality. And Duality will be its own app chain. It'll have a DEX, the Swiss Army Knife, a Swiss Army Knife DEX, and it'll be secured by Atom. So a huge amount of economic security. So it'll be just as secure as the Cosmos Hub, Neutron, and Stride. And um, maybe I definitely want to get over to Brandon, but uh, if you can talk maybe for a minute or two, um, how does Duality um, incorporate protocol-owned liquidity from the Cosmos Hub? So as a member of the Atom Economic Zone, as a chain that um, pays for interchange security by sending revenues over to Cosmos Hub, Duality will be possibly receiving some protocol-owned liquidity from Cosmos. And from Cosmos Hub. And just in a minute or two, um, how is Duality thinking of deploying that liquidity? How is it going to be um, stewarded? Um, how is it going to help um, make Duality a fantastic DEX? Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. Um, you know, I think short term, um, you know, it looks like bootstrapping pools that are really high leverage for the Atom Economic Zone. So I think like one thing we really want to focus on is where what what asset pairs have like structural flows with them. And when I say structural flows, I mean like where is there like organic demand to trade, 
right? Where the demand is not just arbitrage. The demand is like, you know, there's, there's utility in actually using these, you know, trading for these assets. Um, and, you know, that, that looks like stable coins. Um, that looks like, you know, you know, staked ETH or Ethereum. Um, that looks like, um, you know, that looks like Atom. Uh, and, and so, and so, and, and then and maybe, that also looks like maybe liquid staked Atom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, liquid Just staked assets as well. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, there, there, you know, the point is, you know, the idea is that we really want to prioritize, um, you know, where, you know, where, where do, you know, where's the demand that's organic versus like, where's the demand that's arbitrage and, you know, how can we like leverage the liquidity that's being allocated to us in such a way, um, that, you know, bootstraps, you know, the most value back to the AEZ, uh, by bringing in more users, uh, um, by growing, you know, partner chains like stride. Right. So like, you know, obviously, you know, uh, um, protocol and liquidity via staked Atom is like, you know, a really exciting thing because it both boost, bootstraps pools on duality, but it also gets the wheels turning for stride as well, um, you know, by making it more liquid to trade between ST Atom and whatever pair. I think like long term, uh, our goal is to actually have all of our pairs denominated in stride stake tokens as much as possible. Uh, we think this is like a really, really great opportunity to both align with the Atom economic zone, but also provide a better user experience for liquidity providers, right? Who can be earning, you know, anywhere between five to 10% extra APY if they were just LPing with liquid stake tokens. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the other point too, is I think like another exciting thing is these like passive rebalancing strategies. So we talked a little bit about like the ability to have like a weighted pool and then modify that weighted pool over time. So like maybe you want to design like a vault on duality, right? That like lets you, you know, define a weighted pool, right? So like maybe 75, 25 to start and then governance can vote to dynamically actually change that percentage over time. So maybe like the market conditions change and they want more US dollars, you know, the, you know maybe the, the, the government, you know, governance wants you know more money in USDC so they can vote to you know, change that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, staked pairs, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin, stable coins, things that really have organic demand and, and work towards growing the atom economic zone, um, I think are going to be what we prioritize. Yeah, that's pretty exciting to hear. And uh, it was good to kind of touch on some synergies between atom economic zone chains because um, chains in the atom economic zone have a great opportunity and a great motivation to work together and um, have different initiatives. and. Um, it, we'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, first, I definitely want to uh, round out this conversation about these different app chains by getting finally, last but not least, to Umi. So, um, Brandon, we're really excited to hear about Umi. Um, Stride adopted interchain security this week. Uh, it sounds like Duality is going to be putting up their ICS proposal maybe today or tomorrow. We'll see. But Umi, uh, we know that the Umi community and the Umi contributors are interested in moving toward interchain security. But we haven't actually heard anything official. There hasn't been a post on the forum of Cosmos Hub, let alone a governance prop about ICS. So um, I'm hoping maybe you can share with us some alpha or kind of let us peek behind the curtain and see what you're thinking about interchain security. Um, when do you think the forum post could come? And um, what are your thoughts on the interchain security with the UMI chain? Um, How is it going to help out uh, UMI and well, I've said enough. I'll let you speak. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what we're doing right now is we're trying to make sure that we're making this partnership as economically viable as possible. I mean, I, I know that we've talked about a lot of the benefits to everyone. Um, obviously, the security benefit is there, but we want to make sure that we're driving value towards the Atom token itself as well. Um, part of that has to do with diminishing our validator costs. We want to make sure it's as cheap as possible to run a node for any of these um, Atom um, validators right now. And so part of that is offloading our validate our, our uh, price um, our price feed process to the OHO network. Uh, OHO is our um, spinoff chain um, that provides oracles and price feed and all sorts of generalized data. And so what that's going to allow us to do is cut our validator costs in half, which is really important to making sure that the Cosmos Hub stays viable. And the other part of that is a major tokenomics re- reformation. So as as you kind of went through with Stride, now that you're not using um, the SC token or the Stride token as your uh, security, that's that's a loss of a use case, right? And so we want to make sure that we come up with a way that the tokenomics makes sense so that UMI can still drive value while not providing um, security. And so we've been looking at, you know, what what have typical Ethereum dApps done in the process? How, how do you kind of link your token to the actual uh, development of your TVL on, on chain? And so what we've come up with is basically a, a, a pretty vast reformation um, we're calling UMI 2.0 um, that includes, if, if you're familiar with like Reliant or anything like that, um, we basically want to tie in how much APY you earn by supplying on UMI with the amount that you actually have staked. We also want to include some burn mechanisms, some um, some actual revenue share as well. And that will all drive value, obviously, to Adam. But I think it, you, you kind of touched on what I think is like the biggest value for ICS. And I, I really do think it's the economic zone part of it. I, I think that staking and, and all of the security is really great. But I think that what will ultimately drive value to Adam is, is doing something different. Because if we're if the end goal is to just become you know another Ethereum alternative or anything like that, and we're just kind of rebuilding those apps, you're really not having any differentiation there, and you, you're not you're missing that first integral step of how do we get capital to move from other ecosystems in the cosmos, and so that's what we're really focused on right now. I think that with ICS, you could see a lot of partnerships between ourselves and Duality. We've spoken, I've spoken with Elijah a few times on how we can partner. Um, interchain uh, or IC, IBC-based uh, flash loan liquidations is something that we can definitely work on, just make adding atomicity to those so that you can basically liquidate a l- lending position on UMI um, using liquidity on duality uh, through IBC. That's something that's never been done before in a cross-chain manner. Things like that, but also just our focus on the general ecosystem outside of Cosmos. So one thing that we're we're gearing up for is we want to tackle on the task of bringing Ethereum capital into into Cosmos. And so one of those things is the uh, is our generalized leverage yield farming platform. So what we're building is what we call liquid farming. And so what you'll be able to do on UMI is take any DEX token, uh, LP token from any ecosystem, and through Axelar's general message passing, you'll be able to you, you'll be able to lever that up through UMI. Um, on that chain, the GMP basically acts as an interface so that you can kind of handle that or abstract that bridging process away. And what this is going to allow us to do is to start bringing in capital and and leverage from all the different ecosystems, from any DEX, from any single chain not just Cosmos, and that's going to create revenue streams that the Cosmos hub just doesn't have access to. If you look at like Stride, for example, the way you guys have revenue from all of the different tokens you provide liquid staking on, 
you're going to have that now with leverage with with LP tokens, with different um, leverage tokens as well. Basically, any any asset that's supported on UMI will now drive value towards the the hub as well and it doesn't have to be a situation where say we take a little piece of like say ethereum or bitcoin or whatever our largest assets may be we can create a buy mechanism for that so that it all that sort of little dust accumulates and buys atom and then that drives value there and creates buy pressure and then ultimately is given back to those those atom stakers as well so there's a lot of really interesting things that we're working on um, within the space of trying to like go a little bit more into Ethereum, especially, and I think that's ultimately going to be a huge driving value for uh, for the hub in general. Wow, um, that's definitely a lot of information there. Um, a lot of stuff that I wasn't fully aware of. Uh, pretty exciting. So to unpack that just a little bit, um, you're going to be switching the Oracle implementation you have currently. I think it's the old Terra one where the validators all submit prices. It sounds like you're going to move that to OHO and then reform the UMI tokenomics. And then um, this idea about um, leveraging LP tokens, not just within the cosmos, but throughout all of crypto, leveraging them on UMI, that's pretty exciting. And uh, it sounds like you're really focusing on um, kind of beefing up the tokenomics, the um, revenue generation, and the position, the strategic position of UMI before thinking about ICS. Uh, is that a good way of summarizing it? Yeah, because I know, I mean, we all know how Cosmos Hub governance can be, right? And so we want to make sure that we're doing uh, as much due diligence as we can to make this a, a, an intriguing offer. And so we've been talking to teams like Informal um, and, and others around the around the ecosystem. Yusuf from the Atom Accelerator has reached out to us and helped kind of guide us as well. And so we're, we're taking all the steps necessary to make sure that we can, you know, effectively drive value to you guys as or, or to the hub as much as we get value from them. And I think that it's it's definitely in the cards. I mean, a lot of the stuff that Umi's working on just hasn't been done um, elsewhere, even even on Ethereum. Uh, if you look at our historical feature on our Oracle, I mean, being able to support low liquidity or long tail assets is something that no other lending platform can do. I mean, if you if you look at any other thing, um, even like Mars on Neutron, right? They're having to use basic TWAPs from the price feeds or from the actual uh, liquidity pools, which are very vulnerable to manipulation. I mean, that's what Mango Markets was all about. And when you add leverage into that aspect, it becomes even more vulnerable. And so that's where we're focused on right now is how can we drive value? How can we how can we really be the, the differentiation aspect of the Cosmos Hub and the Atom Economic Zone to where Ethereum people will look over and say, okay, this, this ecosystem is cool, but they also have things that I can't do on on my current ecosystem. Let's try this out. Let's let's actually make the move because that's going to make it a lot easier to get those users to convert over. Yeah, well said. That's definitely the right way of thinking about things. Um, now, I really have to repeat one of my questions because I know somebody else will ask it later on. But what is the timeline look here? Um, again, uh, I, I don't want to lock you into anything, but are we thinking UMI might be ready for ICS? Um, toward the end of this year or early next year? Or can you give any kind of estimate, um, no, no matter how vague? Yeah, I think you can see a forum post go up in August, uh, to be honest. And then probably by the end of the year is when we would integrate fully. We still have a lot of steps to take, um, and it is a big change for us. But it's not too massive that we can't do it this year. Oh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Well, everybody, I guess you heard it here first. Uh, it sounds like there might be some kind of forum prop, uh, form post on the uh, Cosmos Hub 
governance forum just to kind of prepare people and inform people about what's going on maybe in august and um yeah maybe the um, ics prop on chain toward the end of the year so pretty exciting uh, we're definitely looking forward to that um yeah i think we can move on here to section two um maybe we can do this pretty quick um in section two i want to make it more of a general conversation so vishal from stride brandon from umi and elijah from duality um it sounds like potentially maybe even by the end of the year your th the the three uh chains that you contribute to will all be secured by atom with interchain security and they'll all be part of the atom economic zone uh we've talked a little bit about how these chains can work together but um yeah, maybe we could talk about that a little bit more. I mean, what specific things can happen? We've got here a liquid staking provider, a DEX, and a money market, and each of them is a separate blockchain. Uh, they'll potentially be secured by ICS, and they'll be able to communicate with IBC. Um, what are the possibilities here for the Atom Economic Zone? Uh, just anybody can answer. Um, any one of you. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's it's the ultimate onboarding experience. I mean, one of the biggest issues that we've encountered as building a leverage protocol for all these new assets is every asset starts as a long tail asset, right? There's low liquidity, and it's an issue in order to get or oracles going. It's an issue to get support on different dApps. And so what the Atom Economic Zone with our three protocols is going to be able to do is you're going to have the ultimate onboarding experience for any token. So when you look at, say, launching on Ethereum, yes, you'll have access to a bigger ecosystem. But when you look at uh, at onboarding onto the Atom Economic Zone, you're going to be able to get a leverage system through UMI. You're you're going to be able to get an Oracle from day one through our OHO process. Um, we can support Oracles Oracles and price feeds faster than anyone else in the industry can. And you're going to be able to have protocol-owned liquidity on Duality and a, a liquid staking derivative from Stride that can then be leveraged on UMI. I mean, that's the ultimate the ultimate token solution out there. There's not really something that can compete with that. So for, for me personally, I think that onboarding process, if we really want to target projects and, and have that part, I think we'll have the ultimate experience there. On the user side, it's obviously on us to build the best apps that we can do. And that's I think that's what we're all trying to do. Yeah, well said, definitely. Um, oh, sorry, Elijah, did, did you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, I would say like, you know, just, just to sort of like put it together, um, you know, the, the most straightforward use case that I think really excites me that sort of displays like the power of different partner chains, you know, coming together to bootstrap an economic zone is, you know, imagine, imagine you, you know, stake on, you know, you, you, you stake on stride, right. Um, you then LP that on duality and, you know, you're getting, you know, the capital efficiency of concentrated liquidity, but then you get the capital efficiency of you know umi's leveraged lst uh lping um right so you know you use it you know use this lp position as, as a collateral you know as collateral on umi and you can mint you know more atom or st atom or stable coins and you know you can loop it in in a really really smooth ux way um and you can do this all in like one click right and 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 so like this is sort of you know this is the the end goal uh, in some ways, this is like the vision for what the AEZ can be. It's these very complementary partner chains um, working together to smooth UX for the end user in such a way that brings value, uh, you know, to the atom economic zone. But uh, at the same time, is also creating these sustainable systems that are incredibly complementary to each other. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. That was uh, perfect. I, I wish I could snip that out and put it somewhere. You said that very well. Um, that kind of composability. 
And uh, within a zone that's all secured by Atom, so you don't so much have to worry about security, economic security anyway. And to be able to take uh, a liquid stake token, put it uh, on a DEX, get the LP token, then maybe leverage that LP token. Um, this is all hypothetical right now, but as builders within the Atom economic zone, it's our job to try and make this a reality. And that sounds very, very exciting. Um, Vishal, you were going to add something? Yeah, so, so, so totally. So 100% echo what Elijah and Brandon have already said. Uh, you know, there's so many great opportunities for one, like economic alignment, but also UX benefits. And what, one, one small thing I want to add, just uh, I, I, I think it's pretty clear Cosmos has such a great uh, amount of technology and builders right now. And the, the number of things you can build is re really uh, it, kind of unlimited in Cosmos. Uh, but, but so far, the UX is maybe a little bit behind Ethereum and other chains. But one thing we can do with the AZ as well, um, given that you know the same validating reset kind of uh, uh, validates all of these chains, we can also make the cross-chain transfers happen almost instantaneously. So right now with IBC, you have to wait like you know 30 seconds, minutes, and times for these transfers. But given that the same validators validate everything, you can do uh, you know without getting too in the weeds of it, you can basically make it so these transfers happen almost instantaneously because the blocks get aligned. And so I think we can work towards the future in the next year or so. We have all these ICS chains where you know you do exactly like Elijah said, you liquid stake on stride, you go bar against that UMI, deposit that into LB. But instead of this taking a minute or two, it occurs in just one or two blocks. So it occurs to you in like five or 10 seconds. And I think this is really a, a future that we, we can experience very soon, like next next year. Wow, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's... Um... That would be very amazing to see, to see the latency of IBC go down to one or two blocks within the Atom Economic Zone. Pretty exciting. Um, but we should also keep in mind um, when we're talking about all these great things that Stride and UMI and uh, Duality can do and the ways that these blockchains can flourish together in the Atom Economic Zone, we also have to keep in mind the Cosmos Hub because ultimately um, this is all about uh, strengthening the Cosmos Hub. The Cosmos Hub is providing the security and then revenue is going to the Cosmos Hub in a reciprocal relationship. So um, how does this help Atom? Um, how do you, uh, what do you see kind of the future of the Atom token within the Atom economic zone? Um, is this really going to help Atom a lot? Is it going to make it more central? Um, right now, a lot of people are maybe a bit disparaging about the Atom token. But um, what's the Atom token going to look like maybe in six months or in a year um, as the Atom economic zone kind of takes shape? Mind if I jump in here? Uh, it, yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you, um, you're a yes, effort capital, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'd like to get your take about this. Um, I know we've all seen you posting about the Atom token on Twitter recently. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? How is the Atom economic zone going to change yeah, the Atom token? Socially, there, there's, there's, I think, a multiple levels to this. I think socially, you're finally starting to see at least part portions of the Cosmos ecosystem coalesce around the hub at, and the Atom token and specifically as like a shelling point for the entire ecosystem. So this is obviously like social perception, I think is big because I think the perception outside of the Cosmos ecosystem is that there's just a bunch of teams uh, pulling in different directions and there's no like one shelling point for the eco. I think internally uh, there's obviously been, been discussions around like is, is osmosis the real hub <laughs> is, is the cosmos hub, the real hub. Uh, there's been like a lot of internal drama, but I think uh, 
now that you have all these different app chains, uh, you have obviously Neutron as like a generalized smart contracting platform coalescing around uh, the hub for security, but uh, in particular, like the Atom and I think the hub leveraging protocol and liquidity to deploy throughout the uh, AEZ. Um, I think socially that there's a lot of uh, uh, momentum going on the Atom token. So hopefully like Atom becomes a preferential collateral option or staked Atom becomes a preferential uh, money in, in the ecosystem. Uh, but I also think going back to like the, the conversation around protocol and liquidity, the hub cannot uh, try to be like this credibly neutral layer that like Ethereum can. Um, with on-chain governance, like that inherently makes the hub like not credibly neutral, uh, in, in my opinion anyways. But the beautiful thing about on-chain governance, the beautiful thing about, I think, the sovereignty of the Cosmos hub is that we could be intentional with how we leverage the liquidity of the hub. So we could start picking winners and, and, and losers. We can actually start creating trade alliances with UMI's duality strides of the world. And I think what you see in the Ethereum ecosystem is it's, pri it's all private capital and the private capital is, is mercenary. It goes after liquidity incentives. There's no sticky user base throughout the entire interchain, oh, I'm sorry, throughout the entire Ethereum ecosystem and the L2s. And it just, it's a hot bowl of money rotating from one narrative to the other. Because the hub, as its own, as a protocol, as a as a centrally planned organization, uh, managed by the Atom token holders, we can create sticky liquidity bases that I think ultimately are going to create like cheaper costs of capital uh, uh, to like borrow Atom or staked Atom in UMI. Uh, you know, cheaper cheaper capital from uh, a Dex perspective for for duality, and I think that sticky capital is going to, in my opinion, create a stickier user base and create like more momentum for. Uh, I think De DeFi Lego blocks around the AEZ over the next few years. And I think the short term, you know, the, the value accrual from the AEZ probably will be not as much as I think Adam token holders are expecting. Um, obviously, liquid staking is going to be a major driver, I think, of revenue generation throughout the AEZ. But I think the, the short to midterm focus should be as Adam is the shelling point, leverage our protocol and liquidity. And, and with that, um, you know, the, the hub ultimately becomes an owner uh, of of the different chains that surround it. Uh, so over time, we're going to start collecting not, you know, Stride's a great example. So Stride's giving 15% of inflation, 15% of transaction fees, 15% of MEV uh, revenue, but it's also, and 15% of staking rewards. But I think if the hub can leverage its protocol and liquidity to deploy staked Atom into neutron liquidity pools or duality liquidity pools, like, now it actually is getting LP fees. So it's getting more revenue streams beyond just like the original uh, agreements that were, were decided upon through interchain security or through the replicate security, like contractual agreements. Uh, so I think once the hub actually becomes an owner of liquidity on these different platforms, it's going to pay off dividends over, over the long run. Wow. Um, some very exciting predictions and some very bold ideas about what should be done. And now is definitely the the time for boldness for the time the time for the cosmos hub to perhaps assert itself and start making some decisive moves and uh, one thing i'll add about protocol owned liquidity um, one exciting thing is that uh, the cosmos hub can ensure that atom remains relevant within the atom economic zone because whether users want to use one token or another the cosmos hub can ensure that the liquidity that it deploys is maybe not entirely but probably mostly atom so deploying 
lots of atom to be liquid staked and then put into liquidity pools, maybe atom to be deposited on UMI, atom to go into liquidity pools on, on duality. And through the control of that liquidity, uh, the Cosmos Hub might be able to ensure the continued relevance of Atom into yeah, the future. And one other thing, like if, um, it's, if it's a major liquidity provider on all these different chains, and all these chains obviously use Atom as gas, or they also might decide they're also going to be using their own native token as gas, uh, and maybe swap fees are also paid in, in the native token of these different chains. Um, those that revenue, that that native token of the different AEZ chains revenue is going to flow back to the community pool for the hub and let's say in a future world all these different sovereign chains stride umi duality decide to become roll-ups and what the hub can do then is actually take these native tokens that it has accrued over the years that the aez chains have been kind of uh you know the, the different economic activity that happens on the chains over the next few years when these chains become sovereign roll-ups or decide to become sovereign chains themselves now the hub actually owns a portion of these individual tokens and can stake it to the sequencer, can stake it back to the uh, these individual chains through like mesh security uh, as, as an example. And that's like an additional revenue stream for the hub on like a longer term basis. So I think that's like, that's how you eventually get like long-term alignment in the event that you, you guys ultimately decide to become your own sovereign chains, which ultimately we want to, we want to see happen because we believe in sovereignty in the Cosmos eco. Yeah, there's definitely lots of change afoot. And this is a very good time for everybody in the cosmos community to be uh, plugged into governance discussions to twitter spaces like this um attending conferences if you can because um there's a lot of change afoot and it's very very exciting uh, we're definitely at the start of something new something big and massive and very exciting the atom economic zone and uh it's just really exciting to be at the beginning of this brand new thing uh with that said i think we're gonna quickly move to section two uh, sorry, section three uh, to wrap this up. Hopefully our um, our guests have enough time to stay for another 10 minutes or so. And we're going to open up the stage to everybody here in the audience. So um, you've listened for the last hour to our discussion about Stride, uh, Duality, UMI, the Atom Economic Zone. Um, maybe you've learned some things you didn't know. Maybe some new information was released that nobody knew. Um, but if you have any questions to put to these uh, qualified guests right here, now would be the time to do so. And I see uh, one person has raised their hand. Um, Jim Johnson, I'll invite you up to the stage. Um, let's see. Jim, are you up here on the stage with us? I am. Oh, great. Um, nice to see you. Um, what's your question, Jim? Um, I have a question about the LSM. If what what is the role of Stride with what's the role of any third party uh, liquid staking provider if they only wrap the LSD that's per, or that's validated or bonded? Why give Stride ten percent just to? wrap a token within an ecosystem that doesn't require it yeah this is a great question jim i think this might be kind of a common misconception so uh without getting me too technical about it the lsm doesn't uh provide uh doesn't really deliver a full lst what it delivers is sort of an nft for each validator delegator uh combination so maybe like simplifying that a little bit let's say i am a delegator and i delegate to strange loves uh, validator. What uh, LSM does is allow me to tokenize that particular uh, delegation 
and I can transfer that to someone else. But it doesn't wrap a, a series of these delegations. So, like, you know, for example, let's say you take an uh, LSTX stride, stride delegates to a variety of validators. And this, uh, this sort of uh, um, uh, combination of, of all these validators allows you to kind of centralize liquidity. Without that, it makes it quite hard for the LST to have a lot of value. So let's take the, um, even maybe the, the, uh, the more, more positive case for LSM where each validator gets their own uh, LST. You have a, a LST for strangers validator, you have one for informals validator, one, you, know, you have one for every single validator, and it becomes very hard to actually make uh, markets for these or to allow these to get um, integrated into various DeFi protocols. So if you want like, to borrow against it on UMI, or maybe deposit AMMs on Duality or Astroport, uh, you have to have one specific token for each uh, validator. So the LST provides a lot of value on top of that. And there's a lot of other features as well that LSTs provide. Um, safety is a good example, but also things like UX, like governance or um, protocol, uh, or allowing like unbondings to happen faster, for example. So yeah, I would say that the LSM handles one very specific part of the stack and it's a very important part of that stack, but it's uh, by no means the, the full product. Yeah, but isn't that, can't you do that? Are you saying it's not like a an official coin type, or that you you couldn't uh, accept those with some work? Or uh, I don't understand what is uh, the what's the hurdle there? Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of all of these. So so one, it's not an official type of coin. Um, and but the, but the I think more important thing is it fragments liquidity. So it's so like LSD. even if uh, the so, 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 so sorry, what was that? So do LSDs, they silo liquidity, like... The, in uh, yeah, the I, I think... Yeah, so, so multiple LSDs do change liquidity, but if you did this on the uh, LSM layer, it would fragment liquidity by a factor of 100 more. So it makes it much more challenging, as well as sort of like integrating different products. There's all sorts of, for example, technical work on oracles, for example, that LSDs have to do in order to integrate into money markets, lending protocols, stablecoins, etc. Um, all this work is not done by the LSM. The LSM is really, I think, like a building block, but not as a product. Is that's not because it's not a product, just because you haven't put it on the shelf. Uh, I, I I don't think this, this is quite true. Like uh, the liquidity fragmentation is, is very real. It's uh, really, I think of it much more like a building block. Like it's it's not, uh, uh, or it's also a misunderstanding you. But as far as far as I know, I, I think there is. Uh, a large portion of the stack, but in terms of BD and technical, that the LSM does not enable. Um, and I'm more than happy to be proven wrong here, but I, 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 as far as I know, I think there is a lot of work on top of LSM that's to be done. Is that assuming um, that it's a, like a progressive um, uh, inflation collector instead of like a one-to-one -one, uh, where you get... So if you could get an NFT... Well, I'm for, sorry, if I can... Um... If I can jump in here, um, I think we've heard a lot about the LSM. Uh, this is getting a little bit technical, and sure. I do want to give time to some other speakers. We've got some some other people lined up to ask questions. Um, I'll hand the microphone over to you, Joe. Um, you're up on stage. What's your question? Okay, thank you. Uh, wow, um, it's just amazing listening to all you guys. It's just you guys are uh, really clear and um, and really smart and sometimes it's hard to tell when you're just reading things on twitter and you see these uh, bad kids uh, profile pics so uh, so i really appreciate this but anyway really quickly um i i'm still trying to figure out the benefit of owning another chain's token uh once uh um they adopt um uh atom security 
Um, and Umi was uh, the guy from Umi was talking about it a little bit, trying to figure out a way to still create value for the Umi token. So, and maybe this has been put out there, but I'm trying to understand like the benefit of owning Stride um, as a small investor. A uh, guy from Umi can take it. Um, so yeah, Joe. I mean, you're right. So take a look at any DAP that isn't a chain itself. And you'll kind of get your answer from there. Like, why is GMX a token that actually makes revenue? Why are, you know, Aave and Compound Compound's Comp token, like all those tokens exist without needing to provide security. I think Cosmos is a unique ecosystem because we're so used to that being like the primary use case or one of the primary use cases. But there's plenty of sort of tokenomic structures that can actually enhance that. So I think the GMX sort of model of just sharing revenue with your token holders is probably the primary kind of thought that goes into mind. Um, I hear it all the time when we talk about ICS. So can you take, say, a portion of our lending APYs and take it over to suppliers? Or um, can we drive the price of UMI um, by making it so that um, the more you stake UMI, the higher your lending APY is? So things like that, I think, will definitely be a part of it. And then also like burn programs where you basically take some of the protocol revenue, um, buy back some of that UMI, burn it, or or use it for other tasks or, or other purposes. So there's plenty of options there that we're just kind of weighing the options. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and just one last question about uh, uh, these multiple layers that uh, uh, we would be participating in DeFi. Um, uh, what about just in terms of like security, if, if one aspect of that fails, um, um, you know, how does that affect the, those multiple layers? I think as a, a small investor, it can get very kind of complicated uh, going into these deeper layers and then having to backtrack if, if there's a, a failure in one, one part of it. So I, I would think about the abstraction as in these are each like, you know, they're still individual applications. So, you know, there, there's this, there, you know, I think John alluded to this earlier, but there's different types of security, right? That you want to think about it. You know, there's maybe this, you know, self custody, right? Like, how are you, you know, handling your keys? Are you using a browser wallet? Are you using a hardware wallet? You know, is it a hot wallet? You know, do, you know, what else do you do on that computer? Um, there's, you know, security is an economic security. How, you know, what is the cost of an adversary to um, corrupt the network? Right. Um, and then there's like protocol security. So smart contract risk. Right. Um, or, or economic security or like, you know, economic design. Like, is there like a flaw in, in how the Oracle is designed or in how like, you know, the, the liquidity positions are managed or, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the economics of it all um, in terms of economic security um, and like, you know, the you know, how, how you're securing your wallet. Right. Like, you know, economic security will only be higher because you know, we're using Adam for economic security. Um, which is the cost to corrupt the network, right? The wallet is sort of like up to, you know, everyone, right? Your keys, you know, your responsibility. Um, and then regarding the protocol risk, um, there won't be any more protocol risk than there would be if these partnerships were happening outside of the added economic zone. Of course, because like there's value now, you know, the, the success of these protocols becomes tied to, you know, the value of each other, right? The partnerships of them. Right, if like one protocol gets you know exploited, you know maybe that affects the value of another protocol that like is you know in close partnership with them. But you know these dynamics wouldn't be much different than if you know these you know all of these partner chains were making partnerships um, outside of the economic uh, atom economic zone. Um, so I don't think like there's any serious security implications. I would say you know 
the benefits to security are like mainly um are are, are actually like the the sort of primary thing here where it's that like by you know accruing value to atom um you know you know the hub and consumer chains become more economically secure right in the sense that like it becomes more expensive to you know buy enough atom or take enough stake um to attack the network so yeah i, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned of that um certainly you know when it comes to protocol and liquidity you know there is protocol risk one of the reasons we actually did uh you know we we are taking a little bit of time um is because uh, you know, before to make the uh, community spend proposal, so to make like the exact details of the the sort of protocol and liquidity proposal, um, is because we want to be like live first. This is on Duality's end. You know, we want Duality to be live for a bit um, before we actually like you know request a, a large liquidity injection. Um, you know, from the from the Cosmos Hub because you know there's you know important precautions to take. You know, we we got two audits from Informal, um, and we you know we've we've had you know independent people look at our in, at our code base. But, you know, there's always protocol risk with protocol liquidity, uh, but it's not any different than like if, you know, a treasury was LPing into, you know, any other protocol. Um, it sort of just comes with the territory and participating in DeFi. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully that answers some of your questions. But I, I totally get the concerns as well. Um, you know, it's, it's natural. OK, great. Um, I think we'll have two more questions. Uh, we have two people who want to ask questions. And then after those two, I think we'll wrap up the state. Uh, we'll wrap up the space. So I'm turning to um, crypto dot 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 with the uh, laughing emoji there. Um, please ask your question. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Hello. Yep, I can yeah, hear you. Great. Uh, I yeah, have a I can hear. I have a question for duality. So um, first of all, I think um, the idea of duality is to create a liquidity uh, dex for the Cosmos Hub, and I think that this is in a direct competition to with the Osmosis. Yeah. So I just wonder, is there a way or is there any idea of uh, attracting the gritty like from inside the Cosmos ecosystem? Because there is no incentive, right? And the other thing I'm under, I'm a bit confused is that um, because there's already extra board uh, having a like asking for like I think uh, for forty five k atom with uh, SD atom. And isn't it creating another kind of liquidity fragmentation on the consumer chain layer? Um, because now it's already the problem of like Cosmos is actually the layer one liquidity fragmentations. And the last question is like, um, because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, so most of the revenue, I think 100% goes to the Atom Staker. So what is the incentive for uh, like DApps, developers on the duality to continue contributing to the develop development? Yeah. So yeah, that's just my <laughs> my concern. Yeah, no, no, great, great questions. Um, you know, just to go down the line, um, you know, in traditional finance markets work and the market makers incentive is to be good at what they do. Right. And and the job of the market designer is to provide market makers the tools to express their preferences, to you know, be able to codify the, their beliefs about the markets. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is right now, chains um, are not profitable. They're like hemorrhaging money in a way that's completely unsustainable um, because they've, you know, relied on incentives as a crutch uh, to bootstrap liquidity and to, to be sustainable. And, you know, most chains right now spend more in incentives than they're receiving in revenue. Um, 
And you know, our our goal here is to basically forge product market fit in the fire, right? We have beliefs about you know what market makers need, the sorts of toolings, you know, the, the ways to sustainably generate incentives through MEV, um, you know, the types of interfaces that they need, the types of order types, the you know, the, the guarantees on routing. Um, you know, the, the protections against, you know, other malicious actors trying to sandwich them or front run them. Um, and the idea is that, you know, if we, if we cut all of this loss that's happening within the system, you know, this is the way to sustainability. Um, and so I agree that like other protocols use incentives and we're not offering incentives, but the fact of the matter is like, you know, incentives is a temporary phenomena and, um, and they're going to dry up at some point or the protocols will go insolvent. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to start on day one with a mentality of sustainability. Um, so that's that's part of it. Um, there was another question about uh, fragmenting liquidity. I totally understand this concern, which is why we've integrated already with packet forward middleware, swap and forward, uh, squid and axlar, general message passing. Uh, and so the idea is that... Um, do, you mind, uh, do you mind muting yourself? I'm sorry. I'm like getting some noise. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea with integrating with all of these bridge solutions like swap and forward, um, you know, general message passing packet forward, middleware and squid, um, as well as skips new API, um, is that users can have a like one click experience that feels like you're interacting on the same chain. Um, but you know, you're actually traversing across multiple chains, right? So this is incredibly exciting for the users of Cosmos. This has never been the case before where you can make like a one click cross chain swap. You know, but now you can with packet forward middleware, with squid, squid integrations, with skip integrations. And, you know, this has been a huge priority of ours to launch with. Uh, so all of that will be live on day one. Uh, so regarding liquidity fragmentation, like, you know, I, I think the concerns are like largely mitigated in terms of the ability to access different pools. Um, regarding like why, you know, why we're building, you know, you know, sort of Astroport versus Duality. I think like the two serve, you know, different roles. Like if you're looking at Astroport right now, uh, Astroport is building on top of osmosis, uh, building strategies on top of osmosis. And this is because there's like a fundamental difference between what you can do as an app chain when you're controlling the full stack, uh, the sorts of mitigations you can use you know, against bad actors, the sorts of things you can do to promote good actors in terms of sequencing, inclusion logic, fee markets um, that you just can't have as a smart contract. And I think, you know, it seems like Astroport acknowledges this and you know they've been working this into their strategy by partnering with app-specific domains. Um, and so we really see ourselves more as like a complement long-term than a competitor. Um, and you know, Neutron has ICQ enabled, or not uh, ICQ and ICA, right? So you'll be able to you know, design vault strategies from Neutron on top of Duality. Duality will also have Cosmosm. Uh, and then to answer, I think the last one, maybe I missed one or two, but then there is a bunch of questions. But one of the other questions was like, how, you know, what's the incentive for teams to, to build on top of duality? Uh, you know, our mentality here is that like the traditional way of starting a company is that, you know, most, most companies or most projects, you know, because I, I don't believe crypto protocols are companies whatsoever. But, you know, most, most projects, uh, you know, the way that incentives work is, you know, you build something. You know, like let's look at like a you know a company in in you know like you know in, in its life cycle, right? You know, a company starts, you know, it, it maybe starts generating some revenue and invests that revenue back in the business. You know, hopefully it's covering its costs. You know, over the course of many years, it grows user base, it creates a lot of value, and then you know, four or five years after launch, maybe it IPOs. You know, has an initial price offering, it has a, you know stock offering, uh, it goes public, and then all of a sudden there's all this liquidity. Um, you know, for, for founders to be, you know, to be compensated for, 
um, investors to be compensated, for users to be compensated, for partners you know, who are building on top of whatever their project was or using the project to be compensated. Um, but this is something that plays out over the course of many, many years and is contingent on the company or organization or project creating a lot of value. Um, and while we think like, you know, incredibly high integrity projects like UMI and Stride um, and, and the Cosmos Hub have done, you know, a, a really amazing job in being able to like launch a token early on in their, their, their projects and protocols life cycles. Uh, you know, we really want to go into this with, with the mentality of creating value before we capture it, right? Because we think this aligns incentives in a big way. The reason why, you know, startups don't IPO on the first day uh, in, in traditional tech um, is because, you know, if, you know, if everyone, you know, all of a sudden has liquidity and gets wealthy before they've actually like built something that's incredibly meaningful and special for the community and for its users and for its integrators, um, you know, there can be incentive misalignment. And that's not to say that there's incentive misalignment in every case. I think what Stride, you know, Stride and Umi are sort of, you know, great examples of teams that, you know, and projects and protocols that have tokens and have done such a great job. But this is just our mentality. Um, and you know, you know, in you know, in the real world, you know, people, you know, other than like DoorDash, maybe, um, notoriously, you know, there's not like you know tokens being streamed to people to use what they're building. You know, they you know they they use them because they find real utility in it, right? And that you know they're not just like farming the, the protocol token. Um, and so that's our goal here. Uh, and so the partners that we're working with, and we already have a bunch of integrations. You know, we've already integrated with you know um, Squid and Axlar um, and Skips API. Um, and we have a lot of other exciting integrations that we're going to be announcing over the coming weeks. Um, you know, we did not, you know, you know, create these integrations or partnerships, um, because we're incentivizing them with tokens. Uh, we created them because, you know, there is incredible value in partnering and concentrating energy and effort behind each other. Um, and, and yeah, that's a powerful thing when alignment comes from, you know, shared vision versus, you know, temporary token value. Uh, I think it's a much more powerful partnership. Uh, and so, you know, we've actually also been working with UMI and Stride on partnerships and integrations, right? And, you know, we didn't need to pay them in token to, to make those happen. Um, so, you know, we really want to build an ecosystem around providing value to our partners. Uh, and, you know, we're excited to do that and like the effort that we put into doing that. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. Those are all common questions we get, so totally understand. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that helps. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was a great answer there. Um, very thorough and comprehensive. Um, now, we are getting toward the end of our space, but we've got one final question from a man up here on the stage named Mike. Uh, please ask your question. Hey, guys, quick mic check. Sounds good to me. Hey, awesome space, y'all. Just a quick question. If any of y'all of the speakers could speak on the scalability of uh, replicated security and ICS as it is currently implemented, like uh, as the validators... Um, they get more taxed by trying to produce more blocks for each new blockchain that comes onto the AEZ. Is there a point at which it would become unprofitable or what's the overall limit to that? Thank you. I can jump in here uh, a little bit. Um, so I work at BlockWorks Research and I predominantly like focus on the Cosmos ecosystem. And we did like a deep dive and I actually think Course One did a really good uh, research piece too that um, I could send you the link. Uh, they post in the Cosmos Hub forums around the economics behind replicated security. And I think the fact of the matter is that it it does have uh, scalability limitations. So I think from like an economics perspective, there's a lot of different moving parts. Um, majority of the uh, economics behind it is really 
how valuable is, is the Atom token on the open market? What is the inflation rate of Atom at a given time? And ultimately, it's validator specific because each validator has their own commission rate. So just to give you like a quick, uh, I'm just like pulling up my analysis I did uh, like last month. So just to give you an example. I think last time I checked, the lowest validator in the set, I know we just expanded uh, the validator set uh, to 180 vals uh, today. But when I did this analysis, the lowest validator in the active set, so like the, the smallest validator that's running uh, for the Cosmos Hub today, had approximately 125,000 Atom uh, delegated to them. And they had a uh, approximately like a 5% commission rate. And it, it pretty much the, the overall cost in order for uh, a validator, the lowest validator in the uh, economic and the sorry, in the active set to break even um, is obviously scales with like how many uh, chains are leveraging replicate security. So at like 100, 125 to 150,000 atoms delegated to the lowest validator in the active set at a 5% commission, if there was four to it, let's say there were six chains leveraging replicated security. In order for that validator to break even, Adam would need to be $35. And obviously we're at what, like nine and nine and change right now. So I think the fact of the matter is like there's certain validators higher up in the set that could probably easily run eight to 10 replicated secured chains and still break even today, regardless of the price of Adam because of how much delegate uh, shares are delegated to them. But I think there's a there's definitely a, a concern around the centralization risk uh, of replicated security, and there there definitely needs to be like a revamp on, um, uh, you know, I think the overall delegation uh, distribution of of Adam in the set. Awesome, thank you very much, Elijah. All right, uh, well, I believe that concludes our space. Uh, thanks everybody for attending. I think this has been a really exciting. <laughs> And using that word a lot, exciting. Uh, I think this has been a very insightful conversation about the Atom Economic Zone and these various um, chains, which will hopefully soon be part of that zone. Uh, I'll let you guys speak uh, up on the stage and I guess say goodbye to everybody and we can wrap up here. And thank you, John, for hosting. Uh, yeah, really appreciate you guiding this conversation and giving it uh, uh, really interesting and exciting as always. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for uh, dropping by um, Effort Capital. Um, you weren't a scheduled guest, but uh, your um, your comments have definitely been very useful. Uh, Elijah, feel free to speak. You're up on the stage. Oh, I, I actually used that emoji. My bad. <laughs> I, I was trying to use the wave emoji, like saying bye to everyone. Oh, right. <laughs> All good. All right. Well, uh, goodbye, everybody, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible
possible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your communitility All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served